Hey, quick question. Raise your hand if running is your favorite. No? I bet you I have a reason why. I think the reason why is because you just are tired of putting in that those monotonous miles and just the injuries and things is that you have a bad relationship with running. Today's episode, we're going to cover exactly how to train smarter for running as a military athlete. That way you can develop a, instead of having a hate relationship, you can have a love relationship. Let's go. This is Constant Elevation, the show for rising Air Force and community leaders who seek to define the future, learn powerful work and life tactics to tackle any challenge. I'm your host, Gabriel Gabrock Avila. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Gabe Brock back on the mic once again, Constant Elevation Podcast. Feeling good today. Took my dog for a walk in the morning and ready to drop some knowledge on you guys. So uh, today's episode is going to be focusing on um, a part of military life that, uh, love it or hate it, if you're a service member, you have to be part of this. Running. Uh, running is, is part of all of our, it doesn't matter which service component you happen to be uh, a part of, that uh, running is part of our fitness tests. And so we have different um, methods of doing that. Some of us have an 800 meter sprint. Other, uh, others have a three mile run. Um, for the Air Force, you know, we have a mi- uh, mile and a half run. And so actually I had some army people uh, making fun of me. They couldn't just make, do two miles or one mile. You had to make a weird number, one and a half. I don't, I don't understand necessarily the number, but uh, why we chose a mile and a half, but it is what it is. So regardless, all of us have to train for, uh, and part of our military readiness is the ability to run. And so it is a, a measurement of your overall fitness, a portion of the measurement, I should say, um, measuring your aerobic capacity and just your ability to just move your body. One of the most like basic things we as humans need to be able to do. And it's very important as a service member that you uh, a- are able to meet the physical demands of what the profession of arms deserves. And so not everybody's going to be built to, you know, sprint and, uh, you know, we have all bodies of shapes and sizes. And so regardless, it's a standardized test that all of us have to do. You you do get some um, differences from your gender and your age. I personally think that the Air Force, we need to do better and uh, relook at some of the age groups because I think 10 years is a pretty... um, pretty broad, I don't know, 39-year-old Gabe should not be necessarily held to the same speed standard as a 30-year-old Gabe, but I would rather do it in five-year increments versus 10-year increments. Um, But regardless, we need people uh, that know how to run, and I want to share with you today just some of my thoughts of how to run and train smarter to meet your running requirements. Uh, I actually wrote my master's uh, thesis when I went to um, United States Marine Corps Command and Staff College. I actually wrote my master's paper on the idea of uh, implementing better training principles in underrunning uh, programs within the military to reduce injuries and therefore increase readiness uh, overall, overall. And um, I had a, a wrote like a 20-page paper. I had a lot of, uh, met a lot of colleagues and friends um, throughout uh, the time writing that paper where I learned a lot. And I'm very, very, um, I, I consider myself knowledgeable on the subject that I, this is why I'm so passionate about running and training smarter about it versus just the, probably the old school method that many of you are going to try and uh, are recommended to do this as you come up through the ranks, uh, probably starting from basic training to uh, active duty service. So, Really, the, the idea that it, I'm trying to overcome is, you know, just putting in the mileage 
will get you to train uh, to run faster for the mile and a half or whatever your PT running test happens to be. And I fundamentally disagree with that. Like just putting in the work that just seems it, there's better ways that we can do it and more efficient ways and ways that you can reduce your injury. And that's probably the biggest thing for me. The, uh, um, as I get older, I have to understand that I have to take care of my body and it's my responsibility to make sure that I uh, prepare for my PT test. And so I, I study a lot and try and make sure that I, and work out a lot, but I work out smartly um, to make sure that I, uh, I don't have to think about my physical preparedness uh, for my duties. I spend um, enough time and I carve out as a priority of my time uh, to make sure I get in the running and push-ups and sit-ups and just being ready to uh, do a PT test in any given note given notice. I mean, I know I have to only do it once a year, but if someone asks me, Hey, so you get a PT test tomorrow, I'm ready. And I, I can pass it without thinking about it. So for running a, a smart and effective running training program, um, I'm going to tell you about the priorities and order as far as the things you should be focusing on. So, and I'll talk, cover them, uh, in, in today's episode. So the first thing is going to be technique in order. The actual training priorities are technique, intensity and volume. So I'm going to go over those one at a time. So technique, technique above everything. And I think this is um, very, very important to where people don't necessarily think about running technique. I think they, they may think a little bit about it as far as, you know, your arm placement, or maybe I wear a certain shoe to overcome my running techniques because I happen to be a, a heavier person. So I need to wear these kind of shoes or I, uh, um, you look for a certain technologies to help you run um, a little bit more, uh, you think it's going to help you run faster. I would argue that uh, all those things uh, are just secondary effects because you really need to focus on your your basic running technique uh, to begin with. It's very similar to me for, as in weightlifting and gymnastics, um, you need to learn and practice efficient movement and technique before you start talking about the anything else. And uh, um, uh, that's where I put the foundation and why I say the your technique is the priority number one you need to be focusing on. I train and coach using a, the pose method. So the pose method is a system um, that was developed by a two-time Olympic coach, Dr. Nicholas Romanoff. And uh, um, I'm actually a pose method uh, uh, technique specialist level one. And so um, I'm able to teach the pose running method um, to, and I've taught it at uh, different places, uh, usually at, at my military affiliates or wherever I happen to be coaching. Um, I might be one of the few coaches on a staff that offers pose method training. And the basic principles and concepts, you could look, just go to posemethod.com, but if you, the, the general principles are using the concepts of gravity, positioning, body weight, falling, and changing of support. And so the technique is um, using the method of gravity to do the work for you. So it's a lot of, once you learn the concepts, it's, it's actually, you have to overcome some of the pre-programmed concepts of you when you run. A lot of people think, you know, you're pushing off the ground to move forward, and then you need to propel yourself using um, a lot of your um, anterior muscles, so your, your quads. But the method that we chose to, to teach involves using your posterior chain and using to, you know, pulling, using your hamstrings to pull your, your foot directly under your center of gravity and falling forward and letting gravity do the work to the where you actually um, don't, you, you learn how to avoid pounding your, your body and your knees and your joints into the ground and uh, um, use gravity and uh, the technique of the pose method of running in order to just move and run efficiently forward. And so, um, a lot of these concepts, what I believe is, this is why it was so fascinating to me, um, 
as a as a squad commander, I would always get like these these profiles where people were saying, "Yeah, so I have like shin splints, I have uh, knee problems or something like that, I have lower back problems," and then they weren't able to they got a waiver from deployment or something like that. And I was like, that, no, man, you get in, in a lot of them. That's just what it is because I have to run. Therefore I have shin splints. Like, no, the, those are indicators that something is wrong with your technique and you need to overcome those things. Plantar fasciitis, runner's knees, all of those things are to me, they are symptoms of poor technique. And so as a individual service member, you should take the responsibility to make sure you train correctly. And part of that is going to be learning how to do efficient running technique. Um, the post method has over 30 scientific uh, studies backing up their position and proper running form. And uh, um, I think it, the, the results will speak for itself because when you start to run using the pose method, just your injuries and um, your injuries will start to lower. In addition to, you'll have a direct correlation to having increased performance. You're just going to be able to run faster because you know how to use your body more efficiently. And so, um, Again, as a, as a post-technique specialist, I can help you learn to improve your running technique uh, before you move on to the next priority. So I uh, highly recommend go to posemethod.com or you can reach out to me and I'll cover some contact info at the end of the episode of how uh, we can start using technique as the foundation for a smart running training program. Second priority, intensity. So intensity is going to be relative to every athlete, but an effective training plan um, must take that in consideration. And so... Uh, if you look at a running plan, it's going to be a thing of, um, maybe everyone is not necessarily ready to just run a three, uh, a 5k right out the gate. You have to kind of scale things accordingly to where your, where your physical fitness, um, current physical fitness levels are. I assume as a service member, you should be at a decent level. And so, um, all of the intensity is going to be relative to your overall fitness. And so, but there's still ways, it's always a, a careful thing you have to do when you're running a, a squadron PT program that how do you design run uh, a PT session that makes it equally uh, challenging for everybody. So when you do a squadron 5k, you know, some people are going to be finished in the 18 minute mark and some people are going to be finished in the 28 minute mark. So is that really the most effective way to make sure that both people are, both service members are getting the uh, the bang for the buck for the training method. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I think that it serves a purpose every once in a while, but we need to make sure that there's relative intensity applied because that's going to help meet the intended stimulus. Um, for most, for the most part, I believe that even though the the PT portions, the running portion of the PT tests are designed to measure your aerobic capacity, I really think that you need to be training your anaerobic capacity. So a lot of your faster twitch muscles, and if you train in that method, there's going to be a direct uh, benefit to your aerobic capacity. So a lot of times, instead for a specific, I consider a mile and a half a anaerobic event. I mean, you need to be running at a decent clip in order to make sure that you're performing, even just to meet minimum standards. That distance is not. Um, while I know you're going to be in the aerobic capacity because you're going to go past a certain time domain, you should train in the anaerobic capacity a lot um, because that's going to have the biggest bang for your buck. So, and I just, I'm not a fan of putting in necessarily the, unless it's a deliberate reason to put in the low intensity, long, slow runs. That's not going to help your uh, overall, that's not going to help your mile and a half performance. There's other benefits. It can help you lose weight. It can be just, it's better than doing nothing. But if you just, you know, run double the mileage every other day or something like that, like that's not, that. there's better ways to do that. I'm not saying it won't work. I'm just saying there's better ways that you can apply a program with intensity as the second priority to make sure um, uh, you are reducing 
injuries and getting prepared again with uh, uh, technique as a foundation and then intensi- uh, intensity as the next priority. And then the final priority is volume. And so I, with my training programs, I always think quality over quantity. And so um, before you start putting in the mileage, if you start putting in too much mileage before your body is ready, that's where you start to see those injuries like plantar fasciitis or shin splints because your body's not prepared for it. You need to smartly navigate into additional volume should you need to do that. Um, mile and a half, you don't really have to train that much. You don't have to run uh, a put in a ton of mileage just to because you know the test is going to be a mile and a half. But even still, like when I'm trained for half marathons, I rarely hit a 10 mile mark. I mean, I, I'll run a maybe cumulatively 10 miles, but I break it up into 5k intervals or mile intervals. I even do 400 meter sprints to train for a half marathon because that makes sense. And so the, the quality over quantity method is really when you pair it up with intensity, when you pair it up with, um, uh, technique, but you have to do it in that order. Technique first, then intensity, then volume. This is going to be probably develop the most effective training program that's going to reduce injury and allow you to train um, uh, smartly and get in the work in a shorter time, time domain than you really think you need to do. The other methods that... Uh, um, well, not the other methods. It's, it's just a thing of, because uh, I know a lot of people have their own running programs that they have to do, and they want to try and uh, apply within a, a squadron uh, PT program. And that's fine. But I imagine that as a, uh, as a military service member, if you don't have um, those things available to you, or if you're just a, a, a civilian and you're, you're into CrossFit and you like running, um, there's methods that we can a- apply that put these foundations in the right order and to make sure that uh, you are smartly training. So I've already developed a free six-week training plan based around a two-mile run test um, that incorporates a strategy. And so if you're not familiar with the techniques, you can, um, again, go to posemethod.com, or you can also email me at gaybrock at constantelevation.co, and I can do in-person or remote running analysis services. And so I'll be able to record your technique, see exactly how what things you can improve upon, give you some uh tips and drills in order to make sure to kind of correct your training after and your technique after you've understood the basics. And then um, you can apply that over a deliberate six-week training plan. Um, You'll do a two-mile run test in the beginning of the week. And then at at the end of week six, you'll do another two-mile time trial. Um, I've actually run this program myself. And I actually uh, took, that's a pun intended, I did run this program. But I took a minute off my two-mile time trial. So I know this program is going to work. Uh, you only have to run three times a week. And so if you have squadron PT or you attend CrossFit classes, but you could probably incorporate this on top of your um, regular training programs, and you'll still be able to do be effective at both. Um, there's a mix of shorter interval time, time domains. There's some uh, running at, at scale. So you're going to be running at 80% of your two-mile. You have to do some math. You have to figure out exactly what is 80% of my two-mile run pace. Uh, what should that be? So once you do the math and then you start having goals, you have deliberate things that you're training and, and, and striving for versus just, all right, I'm just going to run three miles today with no rhyme or reason how I'm going to do this. Um, we have you. You have the time, and you have uh, some resources that I can provide you to get a better training program overall. So, again, uh, um, I, I do believe that we can all train smarter for our, our running uh, te- military running tests. I believe we could train smarter for just running in general to overall uh, to contribute to our old, overall general physical preparedness. And uh, um, yeah. Um, check it out. Go to constantelevation.co uh, under resources. You could download this uh, free training program. And uh, I think 
once you try it, uh, you're going to be uh, impressed by the results because I will help you get uh, move move the needle in the right direction. Um, uh, the military service members and CrossFit people uh, running is fun. I, I know a lot of people. You're either it's kind of like if you're a, a uh, they're like running is like the the Patriots and the Cowboys and people have a definite opinion about it. You either love it or hate it. And so um, I hope that if you learn how to train smarter for it, you'll develop an appreciation for it. Maybe even get a, get that elusive runner's high. Maybe not. It, that's I only get that once in a while, and I really love running. But uh, um, you being. And incorporating a, a smarter training plan for your military running test is a must in this day and age. So that's going to wrap up this episode. And uh, like I said, I listed all the uh, links and everything in the in the um, in the outline that you see online. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Constant Elevation. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. Visit our site at constantelevation.co. Find and follow us on Facebook at constantelevation.co and like and follow me on Instagram at at gaybrock01. As always, don't wait for the future to find the future.